Good morning. Good morning again. Oh, that was for me. Let's say good morning to God. Good morning, God. We are ready to worship you. We are ready to praise you in your house. Join me now as we invite the presence of God's spirit into this place. Let us pray. God, all glory and honor, adoration and praise belong to you. Prepare us now through the active presence of your spirit to come before you rightly. Enlighten our understanding, purify our every desire, quicken our wills, and strengthen every right purpose. Move in this house, God. Anoint us afresh for kingdom service. Let there be no hindrance to our worship, no distraction in our praise, no hesitation in our hallelujahs. Direct this hour of worship to the magnifying of your name and to the enduring good of us, your children and your servants. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Amen. Now, let us be mindful of our praise team as they worship God in praise dance.
morning, church. May we stand, please, for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this day, day we haven't seen, day we'll never see again. Thank you for letting us sleep throughout the night, watching over us, letting you worry about the troubles of the world. God, we pray for every family that's here. Pray for those that had the desire to come, for whatever reason, couldn't make it. Bless them, Father. As we open our doors in your Son, Jesus' name, let your Spirit have its way. We pray for churches throughout the city, state, and nation. Open their doors in your Son, Jesus' name. Let a word be said or a song sang that will meditate in our heart, that we can go beyond these four walls and tell a dying word, there is a living God. God, we pray right now for the spoken word that's going to come. Let it transform our mind and our heart. Let us love one another. God, as we approach these holiday seasons, we pray for families that are going to be traveling to and from. We pray for families that are in turmoil. Let them reconcile and realize it's not worth it. God, we love you. We know you hear and answer prayer. We humbly, corporately submit this prayer in your son Jesus' name. Will you please remain standing as we move into our responsive reading? For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Congregation. Mashka of David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And let us all say, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but he delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now let us sing our song of praise, Blessed Assurance.
morning, Gay Chapel. Our health ministry has partnered with Walgreens to provide flu vaccinations on next Sunday, November the 10th from 9.30 to 11.30. Vaccinations are available for everyone ages 7 and up. Grab your insurance card and we'll see you in the Old Fellowship Hall next week. The Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board invites you to be both a friend and a partner in building brighter futures for our children. Sign up as a friend of the Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board on today for only $30. Slots are available. See any member of the Scholarship Board for more information. Kate Chapel is celebrating our 140th year anniversary and will start taking pictures for the yearbook next Sunday. Pictures will be taken before and after the 8 a.m. worship service beginning next week and extending through the end of December. No need to sign up. Just show up for your individual or family photos in the Buckley family room. For more information and details, please check out the K-Chapel app. A heartfelt thank you is extended to the brothers and sisters that helped to make Career Day at Walton Elementary a success. Thank you to Brother Elmore Moody, Dr. Erica Battle, Sister Ollie Luster, Sister Kim Hawkins, Dr. Sophia Omari, and Sister Tiffany Murray. Our K-Chapel Children's Department will create cards for the holidays for soldiers. Today is the last day to turn in the names and addresses of your family member or friend serving in the military. Please see Sister Frances Mack or Sister Sandra Crowley for more information. The Futures Ministry is now accepting graduate bioforms. High school seniors who will finish in May 2020 may submit their forms now through December the 1st, and our college and postgrads who qualify for graduation in the fall or the spring will submit forms now through March the 1st. For more information, please see Sister Toya Brown or Sister Pamela Adams to grab a copy of the form. It's first Sunday here at Cade Chapel and we're celebrating our youth and academics. Here are our honor roll recipients for the first nine weeks. On the All-A honor roll, we have Kennedy Brown, Kaylee Bryant, Anna Buckley, Madison Duvall, Coy Gentry Jr., Jelena Mitchell, Tyden Shelby, Charles Simpson Jr., Evan White, and Kaylee Williams. And on our AB honor roll, we have Dalen Allen, Javen Allen, Caitlin Barnes, Maya Bridgman, Lindsey Butler, Shane Davis, Matthew Duvall, Julia Gray, Kaysen Hall, Rashad Harris, Kenya Johnson, Todd Shelby, Cameron Shelton, Charlotte Simpson, Dylan Stewart, Deja Williams, Caleb Young, and Carlton Young. Congratulations, young people. Keep it up. And on the first Sundays here at K Chapel, we celebrate your birthdays. Happy birthday to everyone with a birthday during the month of November. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. And let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Amen. What a wonderful day this is. We thank God for another day's journey. Everybody is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You got an extra hour of sleep. You look like y'all ready for church this morning. Amen. Look like y'all dare me to have church this morning. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Listen, all of our November babies, won't you stand up? Let us wish you a happy birthday this morning. If you have a birthday in the month of November, look at there. All these November babies, let's wish them a happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we got some business to take care of on Tuesday. Amen. Tuesday, November 5th, we have to do what? 
Oh, y'all sound like y'all mean business. Tuesday, November 5th, we got to go and vote. Polls open at what time? They close at what time? Amen. I can't tell you who to vote for. Amen. We don't want to get in any trouble. Amen. But sound like we're ready to go and do that. So let's make sure we take somebody with us. Again, Tuesday, November 5th, we got to go and make sure we, our votes are counted. Amen. Amen. Listen, I also want to thank all of you for sharing with us uh, in making our Childhood Development Center a wonderful center. You gave in, in a marvelous way on last month, uh, giving donations of different resources and materials that were requested, and our Developmental Learning Center is the better for it. So thank you for all that you've done to support childhood development right here at K Chapel. Amen. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. Good morning. It's time now that we recognize our visitors, those that are visiting with us. We're going to ask if you will stand at this time. All visitors, will you please stand? Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of our pastor, and remain standing because we're going to give you something in a few moments. But we want you to know that we realized you could have visited any other church this morning, but you chose Cade. And for that, we say thank you. On behalf of our pastor, Reverend Reginald Buckley, and the entire Cade Chapel family, come back when you can if you're just visiting. But if you're looking for a church home, you don't have to look any further. And right now, we're going to give you something that you can only get right here at Cade Chapel Church. Now, fellowship here, won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to Cade Chapel.
Cascade Chapel, all of your smiling faces. It is so good to see each, each of you this morning. And you know at this time when you see my lovely face, you know it's time that you receive information on those that are in need of your prayers. As always, let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. Robert and Jackie Lewis lost their son, Chris Woods. That service was held on yesterday. Carol McLaughlin lost his father, Clarence Bilbrew. That service was also held on yesterday. We have still in the hospital, Sister Thelma Long, Brother Kenny Williams, Brother Bobby Smith, who is an usher. And listen, folks, we also have a five-month-old baby girl by the name of Madison Sims in PICU at the Blair E. Batson Hospital that is in need of your press prayers, desperate need. You see, Madison had open heart surgery on last week. So if you will, if you can, keep them in your prayers. We also have recovering at home, Mr. Levi McBride, Mr. A.J. Mack, Coach Walter Griffin, Brother Frank Blonson, Sister Dorothy Aldrich, Mother Triplett, Sister Vera Collins, Sister Aletha Lewis, and Reverend Michael Jones. And listen, church, we have an, uh, an invitation from New Verton Grove Baptist Church. New Verton Grove Baptist Church will be having its annual Family and Friends Day at 2.30 p.m. on Sunday, November 10th. You have been invited the, uh, their theme for that day is a call to an outreach to our city, community, and state through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you will, as I always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Amen. All right, we're going to continue our worship now through our giving. It's time now to bless the Lord. And we give. We give for three main reasons. Sisters and brothers, we give because it demonstrates our obedience to God. We give because it's a sign of thankfulness for all of the provisions that he has done in our lives. And then we give because we want to see God's kingdom grow not just here at Cave, but throughout the world. Now, hear the word of the Lord as our tithers come. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also the word of God for the people of God. Sing this. 
Nobody but you Nobody but you, Lord When I was sick, Lord given it to us. Grant us grace so to do with what for the moment is ours, that we may please you with what is eternally yours. Amen. Thank you. 
go ahead and bless his name. Why don't you bless his name? Why don't you go ahead and bless his name? Why don't you go ahead and bless his name? If you got any reason to bless his name, this, this, this is a good time to do it. Why don't you bless his name? If you got any reason to give him glory, why don't you do it right now? Go on and bless his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I will. I will, I will, I will, I will. My God, anybody know he's worthy this morning? Anybody know he's worthy this morning? Come on and bless him, bless him, bless him. times and in bad times. I will, I will bless you, <laughs> your holy name. When I'm sick, when I'm well, I will bless my God, my God, mm. my God, my God. When I got money in my pocket, when I can't rub two dimes together, I will, I will, I, I will bless. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give it to him. I will, I will bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will, I will bless your holy name. Last time, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. if you ain't been through nothing but through it all I've learned how to trust in Jesus I've learned how to trust in God and because I trust in it I'll bless his holy name my God, my, all the folk who just been through something, you ought to give him a praise right there. All the folk who've been through something. I don't, you might not have been through what I've been through, but if you've been through something. Uh, I've learned. Oh, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned. Where this is going, but I'm gonna go. My God, my God, come on and help me through it all. Through it all, I've learned. I've learned. 
chapter 13 verse 35 thank you Lord by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another that's enough you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I want to talk this morning from the subject a credibility crisis a credibility crisis when you lose credibility you've lost something very important fact, it's hard to regain credibility once you have abused it and misused it. Reminds me of the story of the boy who cried wolf. Y'all remember that? He cried wolf time after time and the man came to see about the boy, would save him from the wolf and each time the man came there was no wolf finally the boy cried again and the wolf was actually there and the man said that boy just fooling me again I'm not going to even go and see about him because he's playing he had lost credibility when you lose credibility it's hard for people to trust you. We're living in some challenging and some critical times as it relates to the credibility even of the Christian church. Whereas it once was the case that the church was generally accepted as good and safe and a holy place that best represented the incontrovertible and uncompromising love of God for the world, the church presently finds itself facing more skepticism, criticism, and cynicism concerning its mission, its ministries, and even its morality. Leadership scandals, monetary improprieties, and ethical inconsistencies have caused the church to appear to be morally bankrupt. Deafening silence 
on current social issues that impact everyday life cause the church to be seen as socially irrelevant. 11 a.m. Sunday morning still by and large see white Christians gather in their own churches and black Christians gather in our churches demonstrates that we are still culturally segregated. Infighting that results in church splits, public feuds, or court cases illustrate that we are relationally separated. Political operatives infiltrating the church for the promulgation of an ideological agenda that speaks more to what Jesus taught less about and speaks less to what Jesus taught most about suggests that the church has become more politically motivated than we are Christ-centered. With every new charge... Every new allegation, every new instance of behavioral indecency and moral inconsistency with every compartmentalized vote of those who call themselves evangelical Christians that, consider, that considers not the moral fitness and ethical judgment of an individual to do the right thing or to say the right thing or represent the right causes further damages the credibility of the church and the credibility of our faith. Who would believe us? We are who we say we are if we don't mind putting anybody in office. Who would believe that we stand for family values? Ultimately, this kind of credibility crisis gives rise to new movements and missions that are offering young Christians and those disillusioned with religion and in general and Christianity in particular, they're offering them an alternative assembly. New groups of association, new groups of identity, new groups of mission work are showing up everywhere and the body of Christ is left trying to convince a new generation of how good Christ is when the church has a credibility issue. Trying to persuade people of what a personal relationship with Jesus will produce when so many personalities in the church remain unchanged having yet to demonstrate mercy, show compassion, extend grace, live in peace, and yet we want to tell others God is real. If he's so real, what's wrong with the church? The problem with not having any credibility is threefold. Number one, the church's potential suffers. Secondly, the church's voice is silenced. And thirdly, the church's impact is weakened. Jesus is concerned, my brothers and sisters, and shows concern in his ministry for the credibility of his ministry and the credibility of his disciples. When he raised the question one day asking them, he said, whom do men say that I am? That question was not just an inquiry of identity. That was a question in essence where Jesus is asking them, what are they saying about me? How am I known? 
to those who are watching me minister? How have I come to be known by the masses? What is their conclusion of me and my ministry? What is my reputation? And in raising this question, Jesus says to us that we need to take an assessment every now and then concerning our standing in the community. Every now and then. We ought to be curious enough to ask, what are folks saying about us? Every now and then, church ought to raise the question and wonder, how does the world view who we are? How are we known? What is our reputation? Is there any credibility to our ministry and our mission work? Or do they look at us with an eye of skepticism. Jesus showed concern about his ministry and his disciples' credibility through his teaching. It is in Matthew's gospel that we find the issue of the church and its works. The church and its works where Jesus, Jesus is met by a father who brings his son to him and, and says to Jesus, listen, I brought my son who, who, who is a lunatic. He, he, he often falls into the fire and sometimes he falls into the water and I brought him to your disciples so that they could heal him, but they couldn't do anything. And he says, and if you can do anything, have mercy on us and heal my boy. After Jesus heals that boy, the disciples have the opportunity to question Jesus about the miracle. And Jesus says to them, listen, the reason you couldn't do it is because of your unbelief. He said, if you had faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be removed from this place to yonder place, and it would be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. In essence, Jesus is saying, you've got a credibility issue because your faith is not where it should be. And because your faith is not where it should be, watch this, you could not perform how you ought be able to. He, he says, basically, this father's son should have been healed by you. And the only reason you couldn't do it because your faith is so low. In essence, Jesus says, if we're going to have any credibility among people, we've got to be able to get the job done. And getting the job done requires faith. The church then must be that enterprise that unlike any other operates in and walks by faith. Faith to do things that are beyond its capacity. Faith to minister in ways that we have not ministered before. Faith to undertake missions that we have not undertaken before. Faith to set goals that have not been set before. Faith to heal communities and touch families in ways that they've never been touched before. Faith to see what has never been built before. And Jesus tags this on to the saying, he says, but this kind come not but by fasting and prayer watch that he says if you're going to do anything first of all you got to have faith faith that faith that causes you to believe stuff that other folk can't even believe faith that lets you see stuff that other folk can't even see 
Faith that lets you start moving into things that other people don't believe you, you have any business moving in. You've got to have faith. And no other institution operates like that but the church. No other place can go to a bank and look a banker in the face and say, I don't have the money. But I'm here because of the Lord. Any other, any other entity going to a bank like that, the banker will automatically shut down the conversation. But we operate on faith. We walk by faith. We move by faith. We build by faith. Faith. That when we put what we have in God's hands, that little that you sang about becomes much. Faith. And then Jesus says, he said, but now, but now you are going to run across some different kinds that's going to take a little bit more than just faith. He said, this kind. In other words, this, this demon, this devil, this miracle would only come forth by you adding to your faith some fasting and some praying. Wish I had a witness in here. In other words, there are some situations that the church has to stretch out and really show supernatural strength because there are some issues that can only be described as this kind and for those that are of this kind there has to be a different level of response that again is the work of the church this kind of victory only the church can win by prayer and fasting this kind of healing only the church can affect by prayer and fasting this kind of miracle the church can, can perform, but you have to fast and pray. This kind of transformation, only the church can initiate with fasting and pray. This kind of outcome, there are some this kinds to which only the church has the power and the authority to minister. And if the church will be credible, it must be found ministering even to the this kinds. See, because those are the kinds that everybody else want to leave behind. Everybody else would, don't mind helping the ones that are easy. But it's the church that's left to deal with this kind. This kind that comes knocking on your door. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. When, 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 when you in the bed, you know you got some this kinds in your family. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. This kind that come calling when... Amen lights. I ain't going to call the names, but you know, just put this kind. There's a this kind that you know, and Jesus says, I want the church taking on these kinds that otherwise would not have a chance. These kinds that otherwise would fall in between the cracks. These kinds. 
that other, otherwise would fall by the wayside. Jesus says that's our role. And if, watch this, if the church will have any credibility, we will be found ministering to these kinds. Number two, number two, there is the church and its witness. The church and its witness. One day Jesus is presented with a request. Y'all remember this. The one gospel says a mother came to him and said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, I, I just want one thing. I want my sons, my boys, my two boys uh, to get preferential seating in heaven. Let one of them rope it off when you get there. Let one of them sit on your left and let another one sit on your right. Put a reserve tag there. Don't let nobody get there until my boys get there. And, 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 and Jesus had a conversation with, with her and with the boys and, and, and thought it was over. But the text says that the other ten disciples got word of the conversation that was going on. And they uh, became angry that such a request was being made behind their backs. And, and, and they started to get upset that, that, that they could even make such a request to get preferential treatment in heaven. And Jesus shut it all down and said, wait a minute. Before y'all start fighting over seats. He said, wait a minute. Before y'all start fighting about who's going to sit where. He said, if you want to be great in the kingdom. Greatness is not defined by the seat that you sit in. Greatness is defined by your ability to get up out of your seat and serve one another. Quit, quit fighting on who gets the big seat. And make sure that you are found serving one another. And those who would be the servant, he said, shall be the greatest in the kingdom. Wish I had a witness in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world should, should know us then as people who are not fighting over trivial matters, but who spend our time in service of one another. Too many times we fight over small stuff insignificant stuff, stuff that don't even matter, stuff, stuff that in the end won't even mean anything. And we, we spend time and energy and, and resources fighting those fights. And Jesus said, it ain't even about that. He says, if you want the world to see us as credible Christians, then they must see us in service to each other. If there's going to be any credibility to you as my followers, you cannot be known, watch this, as power-hungry people. If you're going to have any credibility to your Christianity, you cannot have a me-first mentality. You, you cannot serve asking what's in it for me. You cannot serve trying to figure out what you're going to get out of it. You've got to serve with a pure heart. Your credibility as a Christian is wrapped up in your witness to the world. How does the world see you? 
I got news for you. It's not in how often you come to church. It's not about how many songs you sing. It's not about how big your Bible is. It's about your witness to and in the world. If folk are scratching their heads saying, I thought she was, something wrong with your witness. If folk are wondering and saying, I thought he was a Christian, I, I thought she went to church, is something wrong with your witness. And so, let me raise the question. If you were to consider your actions and your activities this week, your speech and your responses this week, yeah, just this week, your language and your locations. This week, would your witness bring credibility to Christianity or would it heighten the criticism, the skepticism, and the cynicism of the faithless concerning the church? Just this week. Number three, number three, I'm hurrying. Number three, number three. There is the church and its worship. The church and its worship. One day, Pharisees, Pharisees came to Jesus because they had seen Jesus' disciples start eating without washing their hands. Y'all remember that. And, and they came to Jesus and said, Lord, uh, you, you, you the rabbi, you the Lord, you, you call yourself the son of God. Your disciples are in there eating and didn't even purify themselves. Pharisees were strict on religious rules and rites and practices of righteousness. The only problem was that theirs was man-made righteousness based on rules, rites, and rituals. And Jesus checked them first by quoting scripture from the book of Isaiah saying, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus indicts then the Pharisees by saying, your worship has all the right moves, but none of the right motives. The outside is clean, but the inside is filthy. And the credibility of the church is questionable when there is discrepancy between what we project and what we really are. When we sound holy, but there's no substance to the sound. When we look holy, but there's no evidence to our holiness. When we project one thing, but in reality we are another. We discredit the credibility of the church and our witness as Christians. You ever seen a movie? You ever seen a movie? Uh, watch something uh, that, that may have been videoed or taped and, and the audio and the video were out of sync. And, and, and the words were coming, but the mouths were saying something different. You know, and, and even if it's a good movie, because the audio and the video are out of sync, it makes watching it just frustrating. Because you're always, even though you're hearing what's going on, you're always looking at the fact that it ain't in sync. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the world is watching some of us 
and our audio and our video is not in sync. Because we're saying one thing and doing something else. And it's not in sync and it's frustrating to try to figure out what's really going on here. So how do we go about restoring the credibility of a church? Three minutes. Okay. Not really. But close. Real quick, real quick. Number one, if you're going to restore the credibility of the church, number one, there has to be a recommitment to the Great Commission. Or the greatest commandments, rather, the greatest commandments. Recommitment to the greatest commandments. Jesus is asked one day, which are the greatest commandments? Y'all remember what he said? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. Then he said, and likewise unto that is the other, love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two, yeah, are all of the laws hanging thereon. If we're going to restore the credibility of the church, it begins by recommitting ourselves to these commandments that Christ says are the main two. Love God with everything and love one another. In fact, Jesus takes it a step further when he says in our text, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for the other. If we're going to give evidence to the world that we are children of God and that in us dwells the presence and power of God through his Holy Spirit, then it starts with how we treat each other. Don't try to evangelize anybody if you don't love everybody. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to win anybody to the church if you don't love everybody in the church. Don't ask anybody to join your church if you cannot find it in your heart to really love your brother and your Stop it. Just stop it. Because you are perpetrating a fraud. This is why the evangelical church will suffer greatly because on many fronts it is saying come to the church. But let's talk about love as a feeling. Let's talk about love in terms of eating a meal together. Let's talk about love in terms of enjoying one another's company. But when you connect love to how I vote, now, you, now you're getting in my business. But see, if I love you, I can't just vote my own self-interests. Mm. If I love you, I have to actually care about how those policies that I'm voting for affect not just me, but affect you. If I love you, I have to consider how the words and the rhetoric of a leader impact the lives of others. If I love you, I have to think about what symbols mean beyond my own perspectives and heritage and be willing to put them down in order to gain a brother or a sister. And until you're willing to do those things, you're just talking love. Because if you love me, you won't hurt me. Number two, has to be a refocus on the Great Commission. A refocus on the Great Commission. If we are going to be credible witnesses for Christ, we must refocus on what it is that Christ has called us to do. Matthew 28, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Jesus says as he is ascending into heaven, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. This is our commission, the great commission. 
And it is a commission certainly that has implications beyond just baptizing and proselytizing and, 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 and being saved. But our mission begins with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ for we have a gospel unlike any other. No other faith has our story. No other tradition claims the miracle of a virgin birth and a miraculous resurrection. No other faith. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels given to us that we might share it with others. Share the gospel. And Paul says, do it in season and out of season. In other words, when they want to hear it and when they don't, still share it. When it's fashionable and when it's not, still share it. When it's acceptable and when it's rejected, please still share the gospel. You know, there's, there's some people, I'm, I'm through, there's some people who, 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 who have their football teams and, and they, they say they're real fans. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you find out who the real fans are. When, when the football team is not winning well, you, you, you find out who the true fans are. Because true fans... No matter if you're winning or losing, true fans are going to put on the colors. True fans are going to go to the games. They're going to talk about them real bad, but that's what family does. Family talk about each other. When you're a true fan, you can talk about the coach, you can talk about the manager, you can talk about, and still have love for the team because that's your team. But Fairweather fans, those are the ones that just come in when the team is doing well. When the team is winning. They, that's my team. Yeah. And, and I'm convinced, I'm convinced that when it comes to the gospel, there are some fair weather Christians. When it's fashionable, I'm a Christian, I'm on the Lord's side. Oh, but when it gets hot. When 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 what would Jesus do is no longer fashionable. And actually, there's persecution because of your faith. Will you still share the gospel then? The reaffirmation of the person of Christ is the last thing that will bring about our credibility as Christians and as the church. I end where I begin where Jesus asked the question, whom do men say that I am? It is this blessed assurance that we have in knowing who Jesus is, son of the living God. And we don't have to apologize for our Savior. It is a reaffirmation of saying, you know what? I've been saved and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad about it. I, I don't know. I don't know how you're trying to get to heaven, but I know that my Savior says He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I have the blessed assurance of knowing that when I close my eyes, that I only die once. Some will die twice. But those who die in Christ 
My God, what a blessed assurance. Oh, what a foretaste. I'm an heir of salvation. I've been purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And you know what? And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. And give you his peace. Father, we thank you this morning for a credible faith, a faith that rests upon the rock of our salvation, Jesus the Christ. Thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, we pray that we would live lives that would bring credibility to our faith credibility to the body of Christ. God, help us to live non-contradictory lives, but lives that rather confirm the reality of your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for credible witness. Let us live for you. Let us serve for you. Let us worship you in spirit and in truth. Let us witness through our works and let us God love one another. Let's treat each other right. Let us not argue over trivial petty things. Let us always keep in mind the service of you through loving one another. Now if there's someone here this morning who needs to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You cannot have a credible faith if you don't first have faith. It is the beginning of you opening your heart and saying, Lord, I want to be your son, your daughter, and I want Jesus Christ to be my Savior. If you're here this morning, watch this, and you know that you've actually never done that there's no shame in that but there is the opportunity now for you to do just that there is the opportunity for you now to say Lord I'm available to you I'm giving you my heart I'm giving you my life I don't just want to do religion and rites and rituals God I want a relationship with you if you're here this morning I invite you to come to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, his son, who will save you and wash you and make you a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new right here and right now. The doors of the church are open. Come now. It's commitment time. Come make a commitment now. Avail yourself to it now. Do me a favor. Everybody, won't you stand to your feet? Won't you stand to your feet? I'm going to make it easier for somebody who's been trying to make up their minds. You're already standing now. You're already up now.
It's just a few steps here, a few steps of commitment. Here it is. Here I am. I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming, God. If you've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home, you can make that commitment right now. God, I need a church, and I need to make it formal. I don't want to just visit anymore, but God, I want to commit myself, my resources, my energy to this fellowship, this, this local body, this church, this place that is feeding me. Lord, I want to be of service to it. Make a commitment now. Come now, come now. I'm available. My will, my will. I'll do what you say, dude. Hallelujah. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Somebody's making up their mind. Enable me, enable me, enable me. Come on, voices. Help them, help them. My storage. Oh, and I, and I. I'm telling Lord, Lord, I'm available one more time. They're coming. Lord, I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. Oh, my will. she was a member of the church but she's coming as a candidate for baptism 
Amen. Amen. That means you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. You believe that he died for your sins? Yes. And do you also believe that God Thank raised you. him from the dead? Yes, sir. Amen. Thank you, dog. That is all that is required. Listen, I'm going to ask that you go. Go with Sister Butler that you be scheduled for your orientation classes. And we have Sister Cheatham coming with a statement. Yeah. Hey, Chef. Um, I was sitting there trying, just trying to just hold my peace, but I couldn't. Um, there's a young lady. She's 17 years old. She's been through a whole lot. Been through. Um, she's going through. She was going through homelessness. She's homeless. Well, she was homeless. Um, she's now with me, as well as her family. Um, God found a way um, that we're able to find her someplace to stay. They will be moving into their new home this week. The young lady is 17, like I say, she's 17 years old. She has scored 27 on her ACT score. Through it all, she has a lot of medical issues. She's right now breathing on 40% of one lung. She's been to the hospital every day at five o'clock in the morning having to go through intensive breathing treatments. It went from 40% to now 60%. Yesterday, she had to go take her senior portraits, and she said, could you please do my makeup? And of course, you know, that's my thing. I love makeup, so I did that. And this young lady feels like she's not attractive. But when we fixed her yesterday, we did it. I said, don't you ever let me hear you ever say that you're not attractive. I said, um, you go take your pictures. And, and all I can see is a whole different, I saw a light coming to her that I hadn't seen since she's been there. So I'm coming and I'm interceding on that family that you all continue to pray. And the one thing she said to me, she said, thank you for everything. She said, but I want you to know I'm going to college. She had to go to a, for another procedure on Friday because they found a lip node on her brain. And she's 17, y'all. But yet she has yet to complain. So I say all of that to say, please just keep this family in your prayer. Keep me in your prayer, because with them leaving, it's hard. It's hard, but they have to, you know, move on. They have to move on, and as long as I have breath in my body, I have made a commitment to God that I will always be there if I can. So I ask you all to continue to pray for me. Amen. There are others coming for prayer. Let us touch the, take the hand of the person next to you. And let us go into prayer together. Father God, we come now. Lord, we come with bowed heads and humbled hearts. Father, we come to you thanking you most of all for another day. Giving us the opportunity to where we can continue to go out and help others. Father, instill in us that when we come in contact 
with those you put in our path. Remind us, O oh Lord, to instill in them that they should embrace their blackness. They should embrace who they are. Sure, Master, we, you, you, you made us all different with different abilities. But Father, instill in us to remind them that they're still loved. That they can always call on your name. Father, we just want to say thank you for that, that information that came to us this morning. To remind us that there's still work that we as Christians have to do. Father, there's others that's coming for prayer. You know their situation and circumstances, Lord. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would just wrap your loving arms around them. Remind them, O oh Lord, that you're still there whenever they need them for whatever their, their need is. We ask, O oh Lord, for prayer of those who are intending to move to other places. Go with them, Lord. Stay with them, Lord, that they may find you wherever they go. Lord, we love you. We need you, and we realize, oh Lord, we can do nothing without you. So, Master, we just want to say thank you. For these and other blessings we ask in the name of thy son, Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Listen, um, some, somehow we need to, we need to, Tina, um, we need to, where's, where's uh, Sister Love? Where's Carolyn? She's out of town? Okay. Okay. Um, Let's let's talk after service, because we want to we, we want to make sure we're a part of that young lady's success. Amen. Yeah, yeah. We we want to make sure if she wants to go to school that she's going. Amen, amen. And and she needs to go in full confidence and in the blessed assurance that she's God's daughter and that people around here love her. Amen. And we, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Amen. God bless you. Won't let us stand. Let us stand. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.